Well, thank you for joining today's podcast for this week. Our study is going to come out of Psalms chapter 91. Now, someone has called this the soldier's prayer. And really, this is a list of things that God would have us to do and the list of things that he would do. And I call it God's protection plan. There's 12 things God said he will do in this whole chapter, 16 verses. And there's seven things God wants us to do. When you go through the whole Bible, you're going to find a host of things that God wants us to do. The most important are his guiding light of just loving him and him loving us. But there's some things that he really is trying to teach us when the psalmist writes about this in in chapter 91. I encourage you just to even pause this tape now and read those 16 verses and you'll understand better what I'm going through. The wisdom of Psalms expresses confidence in the Almighty God who provides a shelter for those who take refuge in Him. This is about our refuge in Him. They receive redemption, life, and glory from the Lord who loves and He cares for those who seek Him. Now you take the first couple of verses. The Lord is an ancient shelter. This is what it's talking about when it says this. Open those who seek refuge in Him. He opens to them. The Most High is an ancient title that expresses the Lord's exalted status as a ruler and protector of the godly people. In Genesis 14, verse 19, he is expressed as Melchizedek, which means, my king is righteous. If you remember that story, that's where Abraham meets Melchizedek and he gives him tithings of 10%. Most people understand that this is really referring to Jesus himself. The Most High is expressed in different terms in different verses. If you think about it in this first verse, the Most High, when you read that in Psalms 97.9, it's referred to as one who is supreme over all the earth. And in Joel 1.15, it's the Almighty. And in Isaiah 25 verse 4 and 32 verse 2, It means a tower, a great rock. These are good verses for us to just capture in our mind and think about what is he trying to tell us? He's saying that he is so much more powerful over everything. Psalms 18.2, for example, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. That's a powerful statement. When you look at Psalms 142, verse 5, he says, Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. And in Jeremiah 16, 19, he says, Lord, you are my strength and fortress, my refuge in the day of trouble. Nations from around the world will come to you and say, Our ancestors left us a foolish heritage, for they worship worthless idols. These are referring to God as being the most almighty that we could possibly find in our life. When you look at Psalms 91 verses 5 through 7, it's about in God we are secure at all times, in all dangers, and in verse 6, in all circumstances. Hebrews 1.14, therefore, 
angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. The angels are for us. They're on our side. In fact, they have been assigned to us. So let's identify the 12 things God will do for us in in this particular chapter. Keep in mind, this is only one chapter, but I think you will find a familiar theme of God's love for us throughout the entire Bible. Now I'm going to take it verse by verse and one item by one item, and we'll go through them pretty easily. The first thing he wants us to do in verse 1 is that you will find rest. This is what he's saying he'll do. He'll give us rest. Number two, in verse two, he will be our refuge and my place of safety. Number three, in verse three, he will rescue you from the traps and protect you from deadly disease. Number four, in verse four, he will shelter you. Number five, in the same verse four, he will be faithful with promises, which is our armor and protection. Number six in verse seven, evil will not touch you. (laughs) That's awesome. Number seven in verse seven, no one will conquer you. No one. He's saying no one's going to conquer you. You are the winner. You are more than conquerors. We read that in the New Testament. We are more than conquerors with Christ. Number eight, verse 10, no plague will come near your home. Well, we think of that in today's world with this pandemic. We know that it's impacted even our Christian brothers and sisters that it has killed them. But they're up in heaven. It has not really affected them because they're in glory now. Number nine, verse 11. He will order angels to protect you no matter where you go. Number 10 in verse 14. If you love him, he will rescue you. He will rescue you. He has the desire. He wants to rescue you. Number 11 and verse 16. He will give you a long life. Number 12 and verse 16. He will give them salvation. We have that today. We have salvation that's open to everyone. Now let's talk about the seven things God wants us to do. It seems like God's always doing more than what he's asking of us to do. Well, Look at verse 1 again, and number one item is, he wants us to live in his way. There's a Greek word, it's called derek, and means to walk in his pathway. Stay on that path. That's what he wants. Number two in verse 2, realize that he alone is my God. That's what he wants us to do. Just realize that he alone is the God, the only God that I need to trust or think about. Number three in verse five, he says, do not be afraid. How many times have we heard this through the message? Even the Virgin Mary was told, do not be afraid. Joseph was told, do not be afraid. The shepherds were told, do not be afraid. Moses was told, do not be afraid. Just quit being afraid. Easier said than done, right? Number four, verse nine, make the Lord your refuge or your go-to person, the place to go to. Maybe it's in prayer and fasting. Maybe that's how you go to him, but make sure he's the go-to person. Number five and verse 14, we are to love him. God wants to be loved just like we want to be loved. Number six, verse 14, he wants us to trust in his name. That is 
to know that he is the true God and none other. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We're taught that in the New Testament. Blind faith is trust. And number seven, in verse 15, God wants us to, quote, call on him so he can answer us. You remember what God's telephone number is, Jeremiah 33.3. It is God's telephone number. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great mighty things that you don't even know. Call on him. We can't expect answers to prayers if we're not calling on him. Gordon Lindsay once said, he says, never dig up in unbelief what you have sown in faith. I like that. Gordon was uh, born in 1906 and he was influenced by John G. Lake. Some of you have heard of him. At the age of 18, he began his ministry as a traveling evangelist for the Assemblies of God churches and other Pentecostal groups. But I just think that's rich what he's saying. Never dig up in unbelief what you have sown in faith. Keep that in mind. Romans 4, verses 20 through 24, I think is really worth reading. And I'll read this in closing. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. This is all for our benefit. All these things that happened in the past benefit us today and tomorrow and forever. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you.